0: You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello friends, this is Sean Doyle, host of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, your daily podcast dedicated to the Toronto Blue Jays. I also cover Canada's team at the site I founded, jaysfromthecouch.com, and I host Jays from the Couch Radio. I'm also the co-author of the Jays from the Couch guide to the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays, which you can find on Amazon. Now, whether it's TV, radio, or in person, I'm always happy to talk Blue Jays. Hit me up on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, and I'm really, really excited to be branching out to the Locked On Network associated with FanRag Sports. I'll be with you for the entire 2018 season as we look to bring you great audio content every day. For episode 7 of the Locked on Blue Jays podcast, we're going to take a look at the rivalries that the Toronto Blue Jays have going on and why they may exist. And you know what? We may even get to trash Rugnet Odor, which is always good fun. Before we do, though, I'd like to take the minute to remind you that you can find all of the lock, latest Locked on Blue Jays audio and written content on LockedOnBlueJays.com. The site's up and running. It looks great. We just added a new piece about the Blue Jays' depth this season. And as well, we're on iTunes. If you're an Apple user, head on over to iTunes, search Locked on Blue Jays, click subscribe, give us a rate and review while you're listening, we'd really, really appreciate it, it helps us out a lot. And obviously, we haven't forgotten about Android users, head on over to Google Play, search Locked on Blue Jays and click subscribe. Alright, let's get Locked on Blue Jays, shall we? So I wanted to take some time. For this episode to talk about some rivalries that are going on with the Toronto Blue Jays because you know what they headed into Texas to face the Rangers and it got me thinking about rivalries and all of that stuff because that's one that kind of developed over the last few years and they're so interesting but the Texas Rangers are only kind of the most recent right if you go all the way back go further back I guess Uh, The Detroit Tigers, for the longest time, were supposed to have been a rival for the Toronto Blue Jays simply because of proximity, and it was a good one too, right? All you have to do is get in your car, short little drive across the border, back and forth, and you can catch games against a a close opponent. And so it's kind of a geographical rivalry that, uh, that kind of worked for a little while. Now, obviously... For the Toronto Blue Jays, something uh, another rivalry that could have existed with the Seattle Mariners, being that they came in uh, to the 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 league, excuse me, right around the same time, but due to geography, obviously it's not going to work. You know, you can't do a hop, skip, and a jump, except when the Blue Jays are in Seattle, and that's developed into an interesting little. Uh I don't want to call it a rivalry, but it's an interesting little situation when the blue Jays are in town because Canadians from vancouver and and really oh, all over the west coast uh even maybe even to Alberta they go down to Seattle and take over the stadium it's a it's a sea of blue it's like a home game except you're not in in Toronto. And, you know, we've seen online where fans of the Seattle Mariners complain about all of the Canadians taking over their stadium and all of that stuff, but I wouldn't necessarily call that a rivalry. Instead, maybe, I guess, modern-day rivalries being what they are, you, you have the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Now, that's a, a natural rivalry that kind of developed, being in the same division and those two teams being very, very good, all the time, it seems like, even when they're not very good, they seem to bounce back the next year, maybe two years, but they don't go a long time without causing a headache for the Toronto Blue Jays. A lot of that has to do with the spending, the deep, deep, deep pockets that the New York Yankees possess, where they can just kind of go and buy championships over the last, gosh, man, it seems like my whole life, and that's starting to change, of course, with them desperately trying to get under the luxury tax threshold and all of that stuff but really all they're doing is (laughs) pining for that future free agent class that will include Manny Machado and Bryce Harper so I wouldn't exactly call them more frugal but what makes it even worse is that the New York Yankees in an attempt to be frugal heading into the 2018 season they kind of were very good in 2017 which is annoying. They weren't supposed to be, but they were. And then now here they are adding Giancarlo Stanton, and that just makes it worse. And then there's a a deep-seated hatred toward the New York Yankees and everything they do. Um, Even last year where they were in the playoffs and nobody expected them to, it was almost an underdog kind of situation. And even then where fans love to cheer for the underdog, they wouldn't for the New York Yankees. And the Boston Red Sox are similar. The Boston Red Sox seemingly deep pockets again. And all they can do is just throw money around. Um, But then they also go ahead and develop really, really talented players like Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. And it just keeps going and going and going. And so there's no point where we get to relish in the failures of the Boston Red Sox. And there's a perfect example of finishing in last place one year, first place the next year, last first, last first. And whereas as fans of the Toronto Blue Jays are used to mediocre, 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 and then followed by, oh, more mediocre seasons. And so it's easy to hate those teams. And then you have the Baltimore Orioles with guys like Manny Machado, who is very, very talented, but he makes it very, very easy for you to not like him. And, of course, when Jose Bautista was a free agent, um, you have Dan Duquette saying, well, our fans just don't like him, so we're not going to sign him. And it's like, come on, man, that's just, that doesn't need to be said, right? It may be true fans of the Baltimore Orioles may not like the Toronto Blue Jays legend Jose Bautista but you don't need to say stuff like that and it has to do with things like battling with Darren O'Day and Jose Bautista those two have had classic battles of I don't want to call it machismo but staring each other down Jose Bautista taking him deep and, and all of that stuff and throwing inside and it's been interesting to watch and and so because of two players on the team, the rivalry seems to have gone extended to the whole team, and so now that, you know, the Baltimore Orioles are just simply um, almost, not, not quite, they're not as hated as the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees, because I think that has a lot to do with respect. We hate the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees because they've been good, and they always seem to solve their problems, whether it's by money or developing and all of that stuff. So it you hate them because they're good. And so if you're the Red Sox or the Yankees, you kind of enjoy that. You know, Derek Jeter was like he was always I guess accepting of being booed everywhere he went because he knew you know, they don't boo nobody's. But if the Baltimore Orioles are booed, it's because they've been trashy <laughs> for lack of a better term. They Seem to have had over the last couple of years this just this attitude, um, the that seems to have rubbed Toronto Blue Jays fans the wrong way. I mean, we've even seen Adam Jones, who is a stand up guy, Adam Jones, one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball, get into it with Jose Bautista. Um, so you know, that kind of just rubs people the wrong way. And, and it when it's really interesting because then we have the Tampa Bay Rays who have caused the Toronto Blue Jays more headache than anything, uh, because they're not supposed to be or not supposed to have been good, and yet every time Toronto Blue Jays go to Tampa Bay into Tropicana Field, they get <laughs> trounced. So that's the kind of reason why you should hate a team, but for some reason you just can't hate the Rays. Maybe it's the lingering Joe Madden effect. Maybe it's the they are the epitome of the underdog because even when they have a good team, they are still fighting against the economics of baseball and buying tickets and empty stadiums and all that stuff. So you kind of feel bad for them. But the whole reason that started this this discussion, the Texas Rangers. Over the last couple of years, and it has to do strictly with playoff baseball, The Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers have had this heated, heated rivalry, and if you don't believe me, look up. (laughs) Look up the 2015 uh, ALDS, the seventh inning of Game 5. There there has never been an inning like that in baseball. It is one of the more exciting, adventurous, heart-pounding innings of baseball ever, concluded with the Jose Bautista home run and the emotion, the raw emotion that went into that led to a bat flip and everybody remembers that bat flip. Whether you're fans of bat flips, you have pictures of it on your wall and whether you hate bat flips, that's the one that makes you hate them. The Texas Rangers obviously took exception to that because maybe it wasn't necessarily the bat flip, it was the bat flip (laughs) that eliminated them. And then, of course, they come back the following season and get eliminated again by the Toronto Blue Jays. And so there's this heated rivalry, and then it extends because of the... See, I'm trying to be respectful here, but you know what? The cheap, cheap shot, uh, Rugnet Odor punching Jose Bautista, and you could feel something was coming because they waited until the very last second of a series to to seek out retribution on Jose Bautista threw at him get him on base and he ha- slides hard into second base sure because he was thrown at so then Rugneto Odor does his patented if you look back in his minor league career he's done exactly the same thing push and then sucker punch because in baseball let's be honest in baseball nobody expects punches to be thrown in a fight Right? They just go at each other and people hold each other back, and maybe there's some pushing. Maybe there's some falling on the ground unintentionally, but that's what happened. Anyway, so he punched him. And ever since then, there has been. The, the rivalry has continued because Rugnet Odor, who's, I'm going to say it right now, not a very good baseball player, but. He decided that he wanted to assert himself and make a name for himself by doing that and if you don't believe me wanting to make a name for himself he was willing to go sign t-shirts and things like that with the punch on it if that's not trying to make a name for yourself through violence i don't know what is anyway but here we have the toronto blue jays heading into texas again Rogneto Dor stands in against marcus stroman now Marcus Stroman is another person who may rub people the wrong way because of his flair, because of his intensity. And Marcus Stroman is tinkering with some delivery stalls, I want to say, delivery changes that will mess with the t- hitter's timing. It's all competitive. That's, he's trying to get an advantage. Rugnetodor steps into the plate and does the Marcus Stroman pause leg kick to mock him. To mock Strowman and stares him down, then. Okay, so first of all, somebody, maybe the Texas Rangers, might want to sit down with Rugneto Dor and say, listen, I don't think you quite know what to do when you're in the batter's box. You hit 203 in 2017, you're hitting 194 to start 2018. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe, you spend more time focusing on actually hitting the ball instead of standing in the batter's box and mocking the opposing pitcher, because that might be a better use of your time. You're a terrible hitter. You don't get to mock anybody. But Rugnet Odor, being the clown that he is, decided that that's how he was going to spend his at-bat. Now listen, <laughs> this, this whole situation, if there's An idea in baseball that cooler heads prevail and players solve problems and then they move on. Rugnet is the exact opposite of that. He's holding on to this and the Texas Rangers aren't very good. He is not very good and yet here he is continuing something that should have been over a while ago. So if the Texas Rangers are not going to deal with him and his behavior and maybe teach him how to hit in the batter's box instead of doing stupid stuff like that, then You know what? They're just as bad. And Jeff Bannister, listen, don't know him personally, but he needs to get control. And if he doesn't, then he's condoning it, right? Silence is approval, or whatever the the phrase goes at this point. He needs to get control of his team, because this rivalry is one thing. It's good. Good rivalries are great across baseball. But when they start to become immature acts of... Heady behavior. That's when things escalate. That's when people get hurt. And there's no reason for that. So I am a huge fan of rivalries. I love watching the Toronto Blue Jays take on the Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees. But I also love seeing them take on the Texas Rangers. But I am not interested in rivalries for the sake of, you know, putting it on the table and, and all of that stuff. Professional rivalries are interesting and good for baseball. Immature petty rivalries have no place in baseball. There you go. That's that's how we will end Episode 7 of the Locked on Blue Jays podcast. Brought to you by LockedOnBlueJays.com Head on over, check out Locked on Blue Jays. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnJays. This has been Sean Doyle. You can find me on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. For all of us, This is Sean Doyle hoping life gives you a juicy fastball down the middle and you don't miss it. Take care.